Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, bonsoir, guten morgen, and any other ways there are to greet you. Hello, this is the CPD Show, and my name is Cleon Wilson, and... I'm Amanda Wilson. And this is another episode of our show, so it's fantastic for us to be doing this again. And we are today going to be speaking about mentorship, but a bit more more focused on the mentorship that is to do with newly qualified teachers and remember before we get into the main meat of this session that you can get hold of us on instagram we are at the cpd show we are also on twitter i believe we yep, are on twitter are. same name and our email address is hello at the cpd show.com excellent so those are the different ways you can get hold of us and it'll be great to um follow on from this podcast with conversation on socials and on email. So, without further ado, as they say, as a master of ceremonies would say, let's get on with the show. I came across this week a tweet from a good friend of mine, a professional kind of friend and colleague, and we worked together on a governing board, and he sent out a very well-received and popular, if you like, tweet um, that so far today has got 972 likes, which I think is quite a bit, and 128 retweets, and it's kind of the, as I say, the meat and the content of the show. So I'll read it out in its entirety, just two sentences. Good teachers don't necessarily make good mentors, more than two sentences. Schools should be selective when they're picking mentors for trainees, uh, and this particular individual tried to quit midway through his training year because of the experience he had with his, but thankfully he didn't, and he made it through, and he's now a fantastic and highly successful SENCO, Special Educational Needs Coordinator, within a primary and secondary school. So, Amanda, yes, I wanted just to talk about mentorship and the importance, what I believe is the importance of having a qualified, if you like, and competent and willing and able mentor for a new teacher, a newly qualified teacher. My experience of being a mentor and having had a mentor when I was doing my teacher training, mixed reviews really, because from my experience of giving somebody the role of a mentor, a lot of the time from my experience and from observing the way it's been done, it can be just because that person's in the right place at the right time. Not necessarily because they're a teacher who is highly regarded or has shown that they have a lot of experience and they have shown that they're an excellent practitioner, but more because you recognise that you can have a lot of NQTs in a particular year. We need some NQT mentors. Let's use that person, that person, that person, that person, because they happen to be in that same year group or they happen to be available or they haven't done it before. And that, without doubt, is definitely the wrong way to go about choosing a mentor because you are setting yourself as a school and the NQT up to fail in some instances. Sometimes you can choose somebody for those reasons just because they happen to be there and they happen to be available and it can work out perfectly because they just have that capacity to be able to recognise what it takes to be an effective mentor. But other times if the person's heart's not really in it and they can see they've just been chosen for the sake of it, then you are putting yourself in a lot of trouble. I think I think you made some really, really good points. I so agree with what a lot of what you're saying and I'm just thinking back only a few years really, don't think too hard, thankfully, to the mentor and I had a wonderful mentor 
really solid um, mentor in my kind of training year because I did what's called a school direct pathway so it was a on-the-job training in the school and then one day a week at university so there was a mentor in that year that very first year in primary phase and then there was also a, men a separate a different mentor in the newly qualified uh, as a newly qualified teacher in the, in the second year that I was there so both mentors are very different uh, I think the first one was more maybe used more a bit more of a coaching style and would explain some things to me and aspects and then I'd go away and, and kind of follow through on work and activity and then kind of check in regularly the second mentor that I just referred to was a lot more if you like nurturing a lot more supportive would give a lot more hands-on resource ideas suggestions ways of doing things and would I guess model things a lot more and was just a really warm and just fantastic person who, who would everyone would go to and, and she would be really really supportive still is to this day so I think it really does depend on I think the individual like a lot of things really if someone's gone into education they've got a lot of experience as I did quite a bit at the secondary phase I was quite happy to kind of not be micromanaged or micromentored so much and I could kind of find my feet really and, and I was quite comfortable but there's lots of new teachers and they're new to what the world of work sometimes if they've come straight out of uni and I think they need a lot more support and to be checked in but then there's I think there's a there's almost a domino effect to that so if that mentor themselves either doesn't have the capacity to do it and they don't have to say no maybe and they've just either been cajoled into it or they've been paid a little extra money to do it or you know they've been given a little sweetener as it were but actually their heart really isn't in it or the motivations aren't really there as they should be then there will there will be kind of trouble along the road I think and sometimes a lot of the time actually I've read over the years on Twitter particularly on social media you know just the people that have left within their first couple of years of teaching because of that experience they've had not necessarily always directly the mentor but certainly the school and the lack of support the lack of coaching and mentoring and nurturing and helping out and, and them just being left in in this kind of sea of education and lesson plans and assessment and all the different things that they have to navigate through for someone who's just doing it as I say for the first time coming fresh from uni or from a career change it can be extremely extremely daunting yeah I think looking back at my experience of being a mentor uh, and this was probably going into my second no third or four, and fourth year of teaching so the, and this was kind of going back to early 2000, 2005 probably. But one of the things that I found really, really beneficial was the training that I got from the university. And I worked in a school in Canning Town in East London and the students that we got, and this was the students who were training to be teachers, they came from the University of East London. But I remember I did, they actually had a... A qualification that you could do a full course that you could do for NQT or for mentors it was not wasn't necessarily for okay. NQTs but it was for mentors and it was a two I think it was like a two-part course two full days mm. of training and I've got my certificate upstairs somewhere was that optional or more compulsory that you had to do it, it was optional but you kind of were encouraged to do it and it made sense and I remember you know I recall when I was, was doing it there were you know quite a few people on the actual course at the time and I think that is pivotal in 
giving somebody the role of a mentor it's making sure they get the training now when I have asked in my current job as a head teacher I asked one of my teachers to be a mentor initially and I wanted to make sure that when this was with the University of Greenwich and I wanted to make sure that they had everything they needed and there wasn't the same amount of support I don't think for the mentors themselves so there was an evening session a twilight session that they could have attended and then they just get handed a load of bump that they have to read in their own time Mm. but I think what should still be happening is that there should be these day-long sessions for new mentors so that they know exactly what is expected of them. They know how to use the whole range of tools, so the coaching and men- you know, the coaching side of things to draw out the best from their mentors. They know how to support teachers, who new teachers who may be struggling. They know how to give feedback. They know how to observe. All those things yeah. that come with that role it's not good enough to just say can you be an NQT mentor here are the observation packs that you're going to need to do that person needs full training if they're going to get if that NQT or that met that that trainee teacher is going to get the full experience I absolutely agree and you know I was sort of moving the my little story forward in the subsequent year so this is a second year of being a qualified teacher I, I had a lot of experience outside of the primary phase however um, it was still I guess daunting to a degree being asked to be a mentor in, in my second year of teaching and it's something that uh, I don't think I actually took very long maybe should have taken longer over thinking about it but it's something that I was just asked to do and I, I kind of agreed it and then negotiated some time and some resource to do it which which was a given which was good I think other people you know as, as you're kind of saying would rush into it and, and, and make a pig zero of it. Because this is someone, as I say, who can be very vulnerable as, mm. as a new member of staff. They could be new to that job, new to the class. Everything's new, literally all around them. And they're still trying to you know, establish roots and they're still trying to find their feet and they really do need that support. One of the things that linked to what my experience that I, I said on this tweet in reply, and, and I'll quote it, I, I said that schools also miss a trick with not having a teacher for fewer, with fewer years' experience mentoring the NQT, that newly qualified teacher. Though those tend to still be fresh, those, those individuals, those, those teachers tend to still be fresh and dynamic and willing to learn and, and adapt. And I view that as, as key ingredients. So what would you say, as a, not as a rule, but as a, I guess, looking at the two opposing ideas? So let's, let's put it this way. What was what was being said in this in this Twitter feed was that sometimes having a quote unquote outstanding teacher as somebody's mentor, I can see the logic in it because they've got good practice, they're great at lesson observations, great lessons, engagement, all the rest of it, and they're getting the results and the students are achieving. So I can understand the sense in having that person as the mentor for the NQT. However, that for that new teacher who's fresh to everything as I've already out laid out, may be very daunted by that so what do you think what do you feel around that experienced teacher being the NQT versus having a teacher who's still enthusiastic but with less maybe fewer years experience under their belt it's interesting because it just I don't know I didn't think of it sooner but it just triggered a thought that earlier on last week I saw a tweet from somebody who who said that they'd been asked to be an NQT mentor for September and they've just finished their own NQT year Mm. and say they were looking for advice and 
I think for me, it would be asking, one of the things I said is to find out why that school has asked you to be a mentor. Was it something they saw in terms of your practice being excellent? And if so, you may have that same level of excellent practice that that more experienced teacher may have had. But in, you know, you've just gained it in a few, fewer number of years, because if like yourself, you've had previous experience elsewhere in the education sector, then you will know already what a good teacher looks like and what it takes to become an excellent teacher, what it comes to, to what it takes to become an outstanding practitioner. Whereas if you're somebody who's just come into the teaching profession, it's your first it's your you know your first exposure to teaching then you're less likely to have gained those tools because one of the things that you'll need as a as a new teacher is tools to be able to manage your classroom to be able to manage your workload to be able to manage everything that comes along with the role and if you as a mentor don't have the capacity to be able to say oh well I did it you know when I had this situation I did it like this or why don't you try it like that you know behavior management is often a key thing and so if you've got somebody who's got a difficult class if you've got somebody who's more experienced in a classroom they're going to have many more examples to be able to draw on whereas somebody who's new to the profession new to the role they've not got as much to draw on and I think that's very much the key thing is how much does that individual who's been asked to be a Mm. mentor have to draw on how much do they have to give how much can they really impart their their wisdom to that new teacher because if me as a as an nqt i can't feel comfortable knowing that i've got this issue I'm, i'm struggling with my planning i really need to know how to manage my you know manage everything that i've got to do my marking and my planning and i can't go to you as a mentor and say clear what do i need to do here i need you to be able to tell me i can't have you saying to me oh yeah i'm struggling with the same things because you're one year into your teacher training i need you to be able to have those answers for me so it's about making sure that whoever is chosen is able to have an arsenal of tools that they're going to be able to pass on. And linked to what you're saying was another comment. And again, that really resonated with me. And they said, the mentor at his first school, this is someone else commenting, the mentor at his first school may have been outstanding, but they expected him to be as well after just six six weeks at uni. You learn to teach over time. Mm. So again, there's aspects of that that really resonated with me as well because I remember I wasn't even an NQT, I was in the training year, the learning year, training year. I was on the school direct program essentially. So that year there was times I remember when there was an expectation that I would already reach a certain standard and it was the first term. Yes, I had experience of managing whole school behaviour and doing lots of activities and things around and outside of the classroom but in terms of the inside classroom dynamic in a class that I didn't know very well because obviously I was new in a in a age group that I wasn't familiar with at all because it was primary and the expectation was that you know I wouldn't make mistakes essentially and that I would always get things right and actually no one does mm. and um, yeah I just remember a really I felt unfair conversation that was that happened in the early stages and and it was it was never gonna cause me to you know run away and or, or, or quit really, but it really yeah it really hit me and and not many things get to me like that. But at least that was an experience that got me that that built me I guess. Yeah, it's I think there's a lot of pressure to put on somebody so early on in their teaching career because 
as we you know we say to, I say I've said to many NQTs, you have to remember that you're 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 new teacher, you are still new. And even somebody in their second year, they are still new. And so to be able to put that pressure on, like you said, that they are going to be able to have all the answers is, is a lot of responsibility. And Absolutely. I think that the, one of the things about being a mentor is that it's an added responsibility yes. to, what else, to all the other things that you have to do. So you have to be quite set, not settled, because we would never settle, but you have to kind of be in a, in a position where you are clear about right these are the things that I the other things that I've got to do because you've got to be able to look after your own classroom first and foremost you know you've got to make sure that what's happening in your classroom is where it should be so if yeah. if you're not confident that actually I'm not going to be able to focus on my classroom and essentially focus on somebody else's classroom because as a mentor you've got to be able to make sure that you're checking in with what that person's doing all the time you've got to be aware yes. because yes. as a lead from a leadership team point of view you are going to be looking to that mentor to say, right, what's happening in that person's classroom? Right, I noticed that, I noticed this. And if, the, if I see something as a leader that may not be quite right, I'm going to be asking you as the mentor to address it first and foremost because you've mm. got that direct line contact. So you need to be sure in yourself that actually, yes, if something isn't quite right in that, men, in that NQT's classroom, I've got the capacity to be able to deal with that along with everything else that I've got to deal with. Yeah, I think capacity is really is a key word there. And, uh, and to be honest, if you don't have the capacity at that time or you know your personal circumstances may change and then you don't have the capacity that you had before, although you've, you're very competent and you could do it, you know the will might not be there or the ability and all the other kind of things that come into the mix and it's 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 a really privileged opportunity having done it and it's something that um, who knows maybe in future I may, I may take up a role around that or, or do some work supporting that kind of area around new teachers because I really I'm excited to see a lot of new teachers coming into education a lot of the time and uh, I've seen a lot of them over the years and it's great to see them just growing confidence uh, week by week and term by term in their practice. But it's also important to know that there's times when even long-standing teachers will struggle with, with particular pupils or whole classes or certain aspects of the curriculum or times of the academic year. And I think it's important to be really honest about that. There's times when people will always want to, and, and I understand why they do it, and, and I've been the same, to try and make things look like, you know, nothing to see here type thing. You know, my class is great. Everyone's learning. Everyone's heads down. They're all doing work. No one's saying a word or, or, or quite the opposite. You know, there's a hive of activity going and everyone's talking and everyone's engaged. But actually, we know, we know you know, if every head teacher and leader worth their salt knows that there's times when, you know, kids are just staring out the window and not necessarily taking it in or the teacher themselves is low on energy and mm. the whole class, you know, that, that happens. And um, I think if there's leaders and head teachers and teachers themselves that are honest about that and realise that at the core of that teacher there's some outstanding practice or there's some good or there's some, you know, worthwhile practice within them, then they're always a, a safe bet, as it were. Yeah, I think it's really important also to know that it's okay to say no. If somebody asks you to be an NQT mentor at the beginning of an academic year and you don't feel that you've got the capacity or you don't feel that you're ready, yes, it's a great privilege and it can be very flattering to be asked to be an NQT mentor. But if you don't feel that you're ready at that particular time, then just say no. There's no shame in it. There's no reason why they should not be able to ask, to accept that you're saying no. If they have asked you 
would you mind being an NQT mentor? Then the answer is going to either be yes or no. And it shouldn't be that the expectation should be yes. It could be, can I think about it? It may be, can you tell me a bit more about what the role involves? It may be, can I speak to such and such who's been an NQT mentor before just to find out their experience? So it's about making sure that you have all the information to be able to make an informed decision. So don't feel that if a, your head teacher or, or head, of, head of year or somebody comes up to you and says, Cleon, I want you to be an NQT mentor next year, don't feel pressure to say yes. Absolutely true. Um, as I said, at, right at the top of the show, I, it was really, as I said, at the top of the show, it really resonated with me, this tweet. And um, I sent some follow-up replies. Uh, I didn't stop there. So one of my other follow-up replies was, why do schools chuck, and I use the word chuck on purpose, a long-standing teacher with a newly qualified one? To be fair, they don't usually get any training or support to do it, and it then becomes the blind leading the blind at times. Mentoring is a dish best served intentionally. Schools mustn't snuff out potential. Indeed. You're proud of that one, aren't you? <laughs> I am. Well, I was luck. I was hoping that you know I'd get more than indeed, but indeed's good. But no, it's um. And then the other. Let me try this one then. The okay. final one. Right. I said. Okay. Also, good teachers. So teachers that have that subject knowledge, good strong subject knowledge, and have that head knowledge. So maybe in terms of them being quite academic in that sense, intellectual and so on, don't necessarily always make good colleagues. So okay. that was a whole another message and yeah. discussion, yeah. or um, or form tutors. So then I was the the conversation went away from not just necessarily being a teacher, and you might be good at being a teacher, but then are you good? Do you have good people skills in yeah. terms of being able to support yeah. a, uh, a mentor, a mentee rather? And then I was also thinking about a form tutor would have that pastoral support in secondary. So then, do they have that capacity? Because I've seen many a good science teacher who are awful form tutors. Yeah, that, that is worthy of more than an indeed. Oh, answer. fantastic. Well done. Um, yeah, I think that's quite a key point, really, is that the skills, the skills needed to be an NQT mentor are very different from the skills that you need to be a class teacher because mm. you are more dealing with, you know, the interpersonal, the, the people skills and the training and coaching side of things. And you can, like you said, you can be an excellent class practitioner without a doubt and I've seen many who are in the classroom they just shine and, and you know the, the kids love them there's learning taking place there's there's progress taking place there from a pastoral point of view they're really effective but actually when it comes to dealing with adults they're not as effective and because they don't have that coaching ability and they don't have that ability to see okay this is where this person as an adult is really struggling this is where I need to support them and so that, that does not necessarily make them a good mentor. So I think, yes, as, as from a leader's point of view, it's about knowing the dynamics that are needed for both those roles. And does that person, is that person an all-rounder to some extent? Yeah. Because if they are an all-rounder, yes, they, they have the potential then to be a, a good mentor. But I think even mentors need mentoring. And even they need Absolutely. somebody who is going to be able to say, okay, yeah, I can see that this person that you are mentoring is struggling with X, Y, and Z, or they may be challenged in this area. This is how you can support them. This is what you could do. So even they may not have all the answers and there needs to be somebody that they can turn to if they are struggling. Because I think it goes back to what you said earlier about that person sometimes seemingly like they have 
all the answers. Whereas actually they need somebody to be able to fall back on and say, look, this meant, you know, this NQT, they're being challenged in this area, or I recognize I've observed this. What do I do? How do I deal with it? And you're not asking mm. that question because you don't know, or, you know, you, well, you obviously asking the question because you don't know, but you're not asking that question because you're inadequate. You're asking that question because you need somebody else's point of view. You need to hear somebody else's perspective. You need someone else to bounce ideas off in terms of how you can support that individual because every NQT, as we know, every teacher is very different. So yeah. that everyone will need a different level of support. And, and that comes from knowing about different personalities and, you know, and, and how you can manage all of those things that you have to deal with. So I think mentoring for the mentor is also just as important so i just so agree and you know another point that dovetails and interconnects with what you've just said is the mentors learn from the mentees just as teachers learn from our students being open-minded self-reflective and prepared to learn are great traits of Mm. a good mentor I, i completely support that and support what you're saying as well because i think if there's a mentor that just feels to themselves you know, I've been here 10 years, I've been a teacher for 35 years, and I've seen it all. Mm. You know, I've seen before before the national curriculum was ever taught, I was teaching, and all this kind of stuff, the good old days. And and if, if, you, if you're in that mindset that you can never learn anything new, mm. or ever be shown something, and you learn something from the mentee, because they've experienced some of life, or they've had other careers, or they've been worked in other fields, then that, that makes you a bit redundant, a bit stale sometimes, and you can be stuck in a rut. So I think it's really important to to have a, as I say, quite a dynamic and pragmatic mentor sometimes who's, not, who's willing to themselves go through training in order to understand that actually I can now help other people to train as well. So I think last um, one of the last points um, I think we can probably mention, and it's a question really that was raised again on Twitter, which we can kind of build on, is someone asked, what do you think are the key attributes for a good mentor? And they came up with a few attributes. They said knowledge of wider reading and developments around pedagogy and evidence-informed practitioner, uh, positivity, patience, definitely agree with those things, and then open-minded as well. Yeah, I guess I would add to those things that they need to definitely have a lot of patience, without Mm. doubt, and... They need to enjoy what they're doing. Yes, I think they need to want. They want to want to have that role, mm. and I think you know, it goes back to your five P's a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. And if you do have that passion, and you have a passion to help somebody else to be the best that they can be, because I think that's what the mentor's role really is: is to help them to become the best teacher that they can. And some of you, in to some extent, needs to rub off on that person, because you need to be able to help that person to be the best they can. And that's by drawing on your own experience in supporting them. And I think if you've got that passion and you really want to see that person excel, because even if that person then, you know, that person then becomes a mentor the following year and they just go on to soar and become a senior, a middle leader and a senior leader, you can kind of have that kind of pride, sense of pride that actually, mm. and, and that's you one of the... Part in it. And that's one of the things that one of the one of my uh, previous colleague used to say. She was a mentor to a person now who's, she said now a head teacher, mm. and she in in a light-hearted way always kind of said, "Yeah, you know, she was my she was my my NQT. I mean, I mentored her, but it must be nice for her to see 
this is the input that I've given Absolutely. and this is where this person is now because that's just and a not feel they intimidated have. Exactly. or feel yeah. you know a way that they've kind of surpassed them, yeah as it yeah. Like if they have yeah and yeah. and you can always see those mm. teachers that have been under this person's mentorship and she's mentored many people many teachers over the years they can look back and you know when we when we spoken in the past about different people and who you know they who they've been mentored for they look back warmly on the mentorship they received from that person because they can say oh yeah because you know when I was when I was being mentored by this person I remember they said this to me or they gave me this resource or they pointed mm. to me to this resource yep. and it's those kind of mentors that will really leave an impression and it's those kind of mentors who will not just do it for the year as well they yes, won't just I'll do it because they've been given a title as a mentor they do it officially during that NQT year but then there's always that relationship yeah, that will remain. Give their personal numbers out. Yeah, and it might yeah that that relationship will always remain, and that person, a person who is a, who is really has mentoring at the core of what who they are, mm. will continue that relationship on an, an informal basis. Yeah, they will always keep looking in on that person. They will always keep making sure they're okay. This person that I know, you know, she will always keep checking in on these other teachers, these younger teachers, just because that's the relation, the relationship that they've developed over this period of time. And I think that's really the testament to what a good mentor is and what an effective mentor is is somebody who doesn't just do it because they've got the title they do it because it's part of who they are absolutely a really good show i really enjoyed this show and we hope you enjoyed the show too and there's a question that you have to ask me amanda that you ask me at the end of every show mm, let's have a think well cleon what are your final thoughts So my final thoughts are, and these are for your ears and for your consideration. Some of the best mentors are the ones who aren't necessarily the best teachers. It's a weird profession because you can be good at teaching someone how to be good at the job and teach them handy tips without actually doing any of these things yourself. And so that's a, a direct tweet from someone who was just reflecting on the original tweet that we've been discussing on the show. And the main author if you like of the tweet said very lots of wise good point it's completely different skills but a more empathic and supportive teacher is better than a teacher rated outstanding who doesn't have these traits i think it would be great if we can maybe discuss on another show about ofsted i was thinking about ofsted and ofsted ratings and how it relates to teaching and cpd interesting yeah we could talk about that most definitely Excellente. Well, it's been a great show, as I've said, and it's time for me to go. So from me, Cleon Wilson, goodbye and stay safe. And from me, Amanda Wilson, bye and we'll see you in the next show.